0: Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and the sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chid Jacob. I'm already super excited that you and I get to share of the fellowship of the world, fellowship of light, and where the bread of life is broken. What an amazing journey and tremendous feedbacks that we have been getting. All glory be to the Father of creation who has made this possible for us with ease and grace. I got a call from somebody in the U.S. two days ago who was testifying from the message we shared on where babies come from. She was so excited and she said to me, Pastor, I'm calling just to let you know that what you are saying is nothing but the truth. And to prove that to you, I will tell you three stories. Number one, my own story, my own journey of struggling struggling with pregnancy. And the story of two of my friends said, these are first-hand accounts. I'm not telling you something that someone else told me. And she said, I'm just saying this to you to let you know that what you are saying is true. And she made that statement that almost everybody makes to me. She said, please, sir. More people need to hear what you are saying. And beloved, that aspect is in my hand and is also in your hand that as you receive these messages, the quickest expression of love is to send it out to as many people as you can. Don't forget you are not being religious for sending this message. You are only expressing the love of God to them. Praise God. Amen and amen. And this morning, let's begin with a prayer. Father, we thank you, the Father of light, you who created the heavens and the earth. Thank you because you are our Father. You have made all these things abundantly available for us. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. Thank you for your love that is eternal. Thank you for the gift of righteousness. Thank you for the eternal life that we have and we're enjoying. Thank you for immortality. Thank you for rescuing us from Adam into Christ, from darkness into light, from death. You have brought us to life. And not just life, but life abundantly. Thank you, precious Father, for all that you have done for us. And this morning, more than the very words that I can speak, may your spirit enlighten our heart, especially to the areas where there is darkness, where there is fear, where there is confusion. May this word bring clarity this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Though I speak with one mouth, but let them hear in thousands of mouths that will convince a man today, that will set somebody free, that will open up finally their heart to see what you've been trying to say, to say to them. May this message this morning bring that moment that says, this is it. This is what I've been looking for. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. And Thank you. We are thankful and we are grateful. And everybody who prayed with me this morning will say, Amen, and Amen, and Amen. So, we have been talking about the reality of prayer. And if you recall, and I was saying that it is important for us to understand where we stand, who we are, that is the foundation of effective prayer. I did mention that prayer should not be something we do just for the sake of it, and I did mention that many times the prayers we prayed actually strengthened our own belief and it denied us the enjoyment of the realities of the things that has already been accomplished for us. It is like somebody in a postgraduate degree program trying to talk or act as if they are still in the kindergarten. That is a complete demotion. Here you are running your master's or your PhD program, but you are trying to think or talk as if you are still in the kindergarten. It is like a graduate who talks and walks as if they never went to school. That's a demotion. And I was having a conversation with a few people yesterday, and amazingly, the man began to say, After he had listened to me for a while, he said, Pastor, you know, I'm I'm realizing that the problem of humanity is lack of knowledge. And it's so beautiful, friends. You know what is happening? So I'm hanging out with people because I went for a meeting. And suddenly, I don't bring up Bible issues. I don't bring up God issues. But once I get there, they start to talk about things. They start to ask me questions. I didn't bring it up. Don't forget, I went for a business meeting or I went to meet somebody. Suddenly, when I get there, I don't bring it up. They start to talk to me about God. They start to ask questions about church. And I was telling somebody yesterday, you know what's going on? I don't talk about their sins. I don't talk about their weaknesses. But after I discuss with them a a while, they will begin to ask me personal questions about their own struggles. And that's exactly what happened yesterday. They began to ask me, but you know, I want to be close to God, but I'm having this problem. Listen to me carefully, friend. In the heart of every man is a desire to be close to God. Let me say that again. Even those people that religion made you to hate, those people that religion made you to call evil, in their heart is a desire to follow God. Why they are running away, why they prefer the Bear Palace, where they prefer the nightclub, is where they think they will be accepted. But don't forget, deep down inside their heart is a desire. Because of the issues they have, they think that God will not accept them. But don't forget, deep down inside their heart, because when they ask me these questions, you can see it's coming from their heart beloved you and i need to be so saturated of this truth that it will cause men to ask you questions wherever you go praise god don't forget what i told you when god is doing the work you will know it's god it's not you i don't bring up god issue i don't bring up bible issue i don't bring up church issue but suddenly, they always begin to talk to me about these things. That's by the way. Let's go back to the subject of the day. We are talking about the reality of prayer. Again, let me remind you, in your heart, never condemn. Never look at anyone as a poor, wretched sinner. In their heart is a desire for God. If you're full of the revelation, that desire is... In them, we prompt them to begin to ask you a question. Praise God. Amen and amen. I just felt that I should repeat that one more time. So, this morning, in discussing the reality of prayer, let's go to a foundation. You have to know this foundation. You have to have this at the back of your mind. You have to know this as even as a check To know whether you are praying from your current position or you are praying from a demoted position. To know whether you are praying as a believer or as an unbeliever. To know whether you are praying as a son or as a slave. To know whether you are praying in the spirit or in the flesh. Let us consider this scripture. Colossians chapter 3 verse number 4. As I read this scripture this morning, you will see that brother Paul the apostle by the Spirit, was repeating the same instructions he sent to the church at Philippi. You can see how important this is because he was repeating it from church to church. Praise God. Now, here is our position. Beloved, please, this is a position that you and I cannot be removed God has guaranteed us this position. This is our place of authority. This is where we are and this is where we pray from. Now listen, Colossians chapter 3 beginning from verse number 3. The T.P.T. renders. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Full stop. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. So, I am resurrection. I have been raised from the dead. I am not a dead man. I cannot be praying like a dead man. If I have been raised from the dead, it means that everything that was wrong with me, I have settled that account. It means that I have a new life. Don't forget, Christ's resurrection Is your resurrection too. You are a man who have died and you have been raised from the dead. When you raise a prayer topic, when you hear a prayer topic, you've got to understand this. Are you praying as if you are still a dead man or are you praying as a man who has life? Don't forget. When he says we are dead, it means that we are dead to the life of the flesh in Adam. It means that you and I have died to everything that was wrong with us in Adam. Don't forget... Christ's resurrection is my resurrection too, so I am the resurrection. I have been raised from the dead. Praise God. I cannot talk, I cannot pray, I cannot wish. As if I was still in Adam. No, when I believed into Christ, when I was baptized into Christ, I was baptized into his death, into his burial, into his resurrection. And now, Brother Paul confirms by the Spirit that Christ's resurrection is my resurrection too. is your resurrection too. Praise God. Beloved, so no matter how religious, psychedelic, or ecclesiastical or King James English, the prayer sounds. You've got to question whether this is the prayer of a dead man or this is the prayer of a man who is alive. And then he continues, watch this, he continues to say, This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. Now it tells you the focus of our prayer. We are no longer the ones that are in sin. We have been raised to life in Christ. So, our thoughts, our prayers are towards the things that is above. We yearn. The Bible says here, this is why we are to yearn. Don't forget, in this yearning is the expression of our prayer. That means we desire. That means we are hungry for things that is above. And beloved, you know that above here is not talking about physical above. What is saying is that you, you, and I have been delivered from the flesh into the spirit. So we yearn for the fullness of the things of the spirit. We yearn for the fullness of the things that are in the heavenly realms. Praise God. And he goes on to say, for that is where Christ sees enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Again, for that above, listen to this, for that above is where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, all honor, and authority. Of course, please pay attention to this. The TPT says, for where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. There's the translation that says where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. I love the T-P-T because it explained it because that right hand of God is a metaphor for the place of power, authority, honor, and glory. Don't forget, it's not a physical right hand. And below, why am I saying this? There are people who have come up with visions of how they saw God seated on a throne and then Christ was seated at the right hand because they thought this is physical. No, this is a metaphor. When you hear Christ seated at the right hand of God, it's like the way we say this guy is my right hand man. It means that Christ is where God's power is, is where God's honor is, is where God's authority is, is where God's glory is. But you know why? we have become one with that Christ. Now, let me leave it there and you should think further on what this means. Praise God. I don't want to push this further because my subject is prayer, but think about that. Verse number two, Brother Paul, the apostle, repeats the same instructions he's been giving all over the place. Watch what he says. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm so he's telling you where that above is is the heavenly realm is the christ realm feast your mind on everything that christ is and everything we are in christ praise god he says yes feast on all the treasures listen to what he calls it treasures I think that treasures are something that is good. Praise God. Amen and amen. Treasures of the heavenly realm. Watch what it says in the next line. And fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Fill your thoughts. Beloved, is this what we've been talking about over and over? Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. These heavenly realities... Is our place because we have been raised, don't forget, we have been raised from death to life. Praise God. And he says, and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Praise God. Don't forget, in the book of Philippians, he said to them, don't be put about in so many different directions. And it is the same instructions here. You and I are to feel our thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distraction. What has happened to us or what happened to us in the past is that we became so religious, but in our minds, we were still being controlled by the forces of the natural realm. We went to pray for hours, even praying from the natural realm. We were praying. All our prayers came from the, realm, from the natural realm. No, if my Thoughts are feast in the heavenly realms. So will my words be. So will my prayers be. So will my actions be. Praise God. Now, because of time, let me go to verse number three. He says, You are crucifixion with Christ. Don't forget, he first spoke about our resurrection. Now he's going down a little lower to make it more solid. Here is what he says. Your crucifixion with Christ, listen to this, has severed the tie to this life. When he says this life, he's talking about the natural realm. Having been crucified with Christ has severed my life from this natural realm. And now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Watch what it says, your true life. That means there's a false one. And what is the false one? Is when we have not realized that we have been severed from this natural realm. Even though you and I live and operate in this natural realm, but my thoughts and my words should come from the realm of the Spirit where Christ is now enthroned, where Christ is the fullness of the power of the honor and the glory and the authority of the Father. Verse number 4, he says, And as Christ himself is seen, For who he really is. Who you really are. Will also be revealed. For you are now one. With him. In his glory. Remember what they used to say. God does not play with his glory. God can never share his glory. With any man. If you touch the glory of God. You are dead. Don't forget. Those were instructions. For dead men. Men who were not raised. From the dead, but right now the Bible says, even that glory they are talking about, you and I are one with God in His glory. Praise God, Amen and Amen. This is so super exciting. And let me point out something that you need to see, which is something that I've said to you over and over and over again. Go back to verse number four and see the progression. It says, And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is. Don't forget, my transformation and your transformation started when we first began to see who Christ really is. Don't forget, I was in church dedicated for 19 years. I didn't know who Christ is. And how can we worship him correctly if we don't know who he really is? In fact, Christ was hardly mentioned. What was mentioned was what I must do to make God happy. How God was angry. How I have not given enough. How I have not served enough. I never knew who Christ was. My transformation began when I first saw who Christ was. Then... In seeing who Christ was or who Christ is and still is, then I began to see who I am in him. And that's exactly what the scripture is saying here. Watch. As Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. Did you remember I said to you, in seeing Christ, we see us. Isn't that true? In seeing who Christ is, we see us. But first, Christ has to be seen. I spent years teaching specifically on who Christ is. That when I hear Christ, I hear that all of my sins, past, present, future, has been totally forgiven. Not just forgiven, that even the nature of sin is taken away. I am no longer a sinner. But where did I see that? I first saw that Christ could never be a sinner. That who he is, is who I am. Praise God. Amen and amen. Let me recap this morning slowly. Number one, don't forget, you cannot be a postgraduate student, a master's student, or even a graduate and be thinking at the level of a kindergarten. Because thinking as a kindergarten looks exciting, it looks religious, that's what everybody's doing. So you leave your level as a graduate and be thinking. Because if you think like you're in kindergarten, guess what? Your actions will be the actions of someone in the kindergarten. And guess what? Your result will be the result of a kindergarten pupil. Whether it sounds exciting, whether it sounds amazing, is irrelevant. The truth is that you are a graduate. The Bible begins first by saying to us, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. You don't have to take what I say just because I say it. Read it for yourself in the scripture. You have graduated from death into life so you cannot be talking or thinking or praying as if you were dead. Don't forget, being raised to life means that you and I have been freed from any kind of curses and the consequence of it. So when you see yourself struggling to break a course, you are going back to where you are coming from. Don't forget, I'm talking about the reality of prayer This scripture is important this morning because it tells you where you stand. Praise God. And by the grace of God, we will continue to build on this from one level of glory to another. Let me stop by here and I will come back to you again tomorrow as we continue to share. Beloved, don't forget to keep me in your prayers always as I keep you in mind. That the word of God, we insist that the word will continue to prosper in my life, in your life and through us. And that you and I have become the light, the revelation that the world needs. Please enjoy your day and thank you guys for the feedback and for all the support. It's deeply appreciated. Don't forget that this morning you have been served. Shalom.